everybody and welcome back to this bonus series of the She Can, She Did podcast, solely focused on the theme, we can, we will. Weather this COVID-19 storm as business owners, that is. I hope you had a lovely weekend. If we're meeting for the first time, hello, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back and thank you so much as always for listening. Before I introduce the amazing Lydia Millen Gordon, who I chatted to on Friday afternoon for this episode via Zoom, I am so pleased to say that this bonus We Can, We Will series is now sponsored by Tide Business Current Accounts, aka the business account that I've used and loved ever since I made the switch to being a limited company at the end of 2018 and finally got my act into gear and sorted myself out with a proper company current account. If you haven't come across Tide yet, it's the business current account dedicated to startups, entrepreneurs and freelancers, which makes managing your business's finances a whole lot more simple than I'd envisioned when I first launched She Can, She Did. It didn't come as a surprise to me, therefore, when I learnt that in recent weeks they've set up a really useful hub dedicated to providing help and support for small businesses during the coronavirus outbreak, which you can find by heading to www.tide.co forward slash blog forward slash coronavirus or by following the link in the episode show notes of course. From finding out how other businesses have overcome the paralysis to their industries in order to keep moving forward, what small businesses in Spain want all of us here in the UK to know about surviving the coronavirus, to some good old tips and tricks for working at home more productively, you can find all the latest news, updates and help dedicated specifically to small business owners there, which will update as the current climate evolves too of course. With so much noise out there at the moment, it's also worth noting that they've also provided digestible information on government support for business owners in the form of a really simple coronavirus government support eligibility checker. Bit of a mouthful I know, but it's really useful and is void of all the fancy financial terminology that I don't know about you, but I find so unbelievably confusing at times. Essentially, it's a chatbot that asks you a few simple questions about your business and then directs you to the right support that's tailored to your business's needs. Basically, it's pretty handy. You can find the link in the show notes below, but I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to Tide for their support and hope that you find the hub they've set up as useful as I did. With that said and done, back to today's episode where I got to chat to the powerhouse that is Lydia Millen, aka one of the UK's leading fashion, beauty and lifestyle creators who helps her audience of over one and a half million followers navigate the world of fashion and beauty. Working on a regular basis with brands like By Terry, GHD, Armani, L'Oreal and Givenchy to name but a few, having grown her audience organically over the past nine years and got to know them and understand their motives to such a degree that when Lydia finds a product that her audience will love, said product sells out within minutes. The fact that Lydia's campaign with H&M last year was H&M's most successful fashion campaign of the entire year being a prime example of that. I've known Lydia for a number of years now and can safely say that she's one of the most hardworking and resilient women I know. For that reason, given that in times of crisis, many turn to their favourite influencers for escapism, others turn to them for answers and reassurance, and then there's the pesky little trolls that pipe up and seize the opportunity to be more vicious and critical than ever before, I wanted to find out how the coronavirus outbreak has impacted Lydia's day-to-day runnings of the business, partnerships with brands, and her longer-term strategy for the brand moving forward. With a quick trip to the Maldives in the form of changing her Zoom background to a beach at sunset <laughs> i'm going to the maldives <laughs> brb <laughs> there we go oh that is let me cool. sit further back so you can see <laughs> 
Like, you see my toe? No! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's always fitting. It's like you're lying on the beach. Oh, yeah, my sun lounger. Hold on. That is so funny. This is what Lydia had to say. Well, I'd actually say that I think I'm moving into my probably fifth or sixth week of doing this because once we realised what was going on, we kind of took it upon ourselves to just stay where we are and not go anywhere. So we've been doing this for about two weeks longer. And I've got to be honest, I'm trying to make the best out of a, a really sort of strange and bizarre situation. And I guess I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I'm able to do that because I know that not everyone's going to be able to do that. But what I'm trying to do is do everything I can. And it may not be paid work wise, but I'm really kind of populating everything that I have platform wise myself with what I can. And I'm, I, I feel like, and I said it in um, one of my videos that I did last night, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm flourishing because I'm knowing what I'm able to create just from here by myself. Mm. So I'm learning a lot about myself and about my business and how my business is able to adapt in times like this. So I, I guess I'm not, I'm, I'm finding it hard on a more personal level than I am on a business level, even though work-wise, there's not a lot of work on, um, which by the way, I, I always feel like I jump from thing to thing when I'm talking to you, but you know when it feels like you're just talking to a friend, that's what it feels yeah, like when yeah. I talk to you. Um, I, I saw that article that you shared where it was like, this is the time for marketers to be investing and spending money. And, and it, it's really a time to utilize. And I think that there are a lot of brands that, that do know that. And I do still have work coming in, but it's by no means what it was before. So I'm just kind of focusing on what blogging and, and, and influencing, as they call it now, and YouTube was when I started. And I'm taking it back to the old school. And I actually feel like this has been a, something that is going to change my business for the better mm. when this is all over yeah, yeah definitely am I allowed to make a positive thing out of this oh because my God, I feel like absolutely the thing with this and I think it is this podcast is it's it's impacting people in such a different way different businesses you know like if you own a soap brand right now this is you know the yeah that you're ever gonna have like and that's I think it's completely fair there's no right or wrong with this I'm interested in going back a few steps though because I think that it's always easier in hindsight once you're you've made peace with the situation to kind of reflect and learn from the positives but I was um, having a little peek at your Instagram earlier and I think it was the 17th of March which was the week before Boris's announcement where you kind of and it was still a really calm post but you said you know you've you've been self-employed now for ages you've worked from home you know you know the drill there but you've just taken on two members of staff you're gearing up to launch your own brand but you're noticing that brands are pulling back on like different jobs as you just said how did the like initial that initial week two weeks play out mentally how did you cope and kind of transition to where you are now how did it play out yeah I think that um that was probably the hardest point because because of how we're structured and how our business has always worked, we weren't able to um, facilitate working from home, but we still should have been able to continue doing like what we were doing. So it was, it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of stress um, at that point, not being able to get files across um, and 
not be able, I, I obviously was really passionate about continuing what I was doing as well because I know that from just from speaking to and reading messages from my audience I know that I'm actually helping a lot which sounds awful and I'm you know I'm not trying to say that I'm like a key worker or anything but I know that just giving people an hour of their day where they can just chill out and watch my video means a lot to a lot of people not everyone but a lot a lot yeah, of people yeah. and um and so I really wanted to deliver on that and at least just be a welcome distraction for some people and so in that time it was really sort of like initially it was panic because I knew I couldn't facilitate what they wanted in terms of the government and what they what they expected businesses to just do because we had to build a structure for it to work so um we had to because we don't have internet like that, that supports the sharing of files in the way that we we would like to have like bt hit me up if you're yeah. listening <laughs> because we need you um but yeah, yeah we don't have that so live in to... the middle of nowhere right yes exactly so we had to we had to come up with a new structure to make it work and yes it was it was difficult and people are working here there and everywhere but now we've we found a system that works and we've been able to adapt. I, obviously, it's still not ideal, but we are still managing to work at a level that, that means that nothing slows down. So it was, it was hard when that was first. And that, it, it was hard as well because it, there was so much that was open to interpretation. Mm. And I know why they did that. I know that it was like, they can't, I love that, the, the, that there's so many people that are like, there needs to be a full lockdown. And it, that's never going to happen. Like that never even happened in Italy. Like everything is still functioning in Italy that can function. It's not that the whole world will grind to a halt because it's the, the economic effects of that would be equally as catastrophic on people's lives and living and things like that. So it was just interpreting a safe way of those guidelines for us to do and continue on and continue working and continue our little pinprick in the economic cycle. And I think we've done that, but it was, it was difficult trying to work out what it was that they were sort of saying. Um, yeah, and in, in terms of like, obviously, you know, you, you know, you did have those members of staff join your team. Um, even if yeah. they're a small team, you're still responsible for like making sure they're all okay and no one really knows what's going on. You've got all of these yeah. that you work with, all the communication back and forth there. Again, no one knew what was going on. Um, how did you go about making sure that that dialogue kind of you, you, what am I trying to say I guess how did those conversations play out when it like from your new team and the brands and all of that I don't know there's a question in there somewhere <laughs> well I think I no, I think I, I think I get what you're saying but um, <laughs> I, I, so um I had a new team member start before and then there was one waiting to start and she has a child and she was on her own merit she was like obviously you know I'm just gonna wait until this is all over and we were completely fine with that and we were able to adjust things so that George, who works um, usually from my house, he was able to adjust and things like that. And then the teams that work, so I have a team of myself included four that would be working from my house, but then I have separate teams that work elsewhere remotely. So they're fine. I just think that everything has, it just, it's just got slower. I think that's how I would say it. Everything is slower just from deliveries of products for me to be able to continue working on slower. If I have a piece of content that I want to create, slower. Work, people working from home, 
definitely slower because they've probably hit the wine at 12 o'clock. But I think that that's the thing that people are realizing is like, yes, this is slow, but we, the whole sort of, you know, the, the whole of humanity was working at times 10 speed before this happened. And so maybe to create a quality of life, we need to remember what this felt like and kind of marry the two and work efficiently while still being progressing. So yeah, I think that's what I'm finding is that it's just everything's a lot slower and everyone's a lot more understanding, which is welcomed. Yeah, I've <laughs> I did say because there was there's I mean there's so much pressure on you with an audience at sites and then so many people looking up to you and kind of I mean that, that you said you know the term influencer but you you are someone that has that influence and I guess like that's quite a burden in a situation like this making sure that you are I mean I know you kind of tiptoed around it but it's people are craving those moments in the day that do provide them that joy so like of course you carry on working do you know what I mean it's such a yeah I, I think that was the hardest thing for me is that I, I often feel like at times like this when there's such sort of just horribleness happening in the world I do sometimes find that some people just want us to carry on and keep doing our thing and lifting people up and and just providing some distraction but there are other people that look at us like um we're sort of the spokes people of the world sometimes and I don't know whether this comes across but I don't know a lot about pandemics <laughs> or bushfires in Australia or um wars around the world I mean I, I know I probably hide it well but it's not it's not something that I know a lot about and so it, I, I find it quite I find it frustrating in myself because I want to say the right things. I want to acknowledge these things to, to, to just how harrowing they are. But at the same time, like, I don't know yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. And, and so, and I also don't, you know, oh my gosh, to have that pressure of communicating something like that to, to hundreds of thousands of people, it was, it was scary. And, and, and I know that people, there will be people that think me carrying on and doing what I always do is wrong mm -hmm. and in the beginning that was something that I that really sort of kept me up at night because I'd get a lot of messages from people that felt that what I was doing was wrong and when you're trying to only do a good thing and a helpful thing if, if that's the only thing that you can do at that time and you're you're hoping to provide some people with a, an hour of solace then that's all I can do that's all I'm capable of um, well, in, in terms of I think that you know like even though you're a, a kind of the, the business that you run is a bit different to most of the women that will be listening to this I do think mm. that it echoes in the sense that I think one thing that's come out of all of these interviews over the past few weeks is that so many people feel like they can't they cannot please everyone right now and that they you know yeah. everyone has an opinion over what the right way to run a business is right now and what people should be doing and what they should be saying or they shouldn't be saying so what's your advice because yeah. you're someone that deals with that kind of constant criticism 24 7 ever since you know you've kind of your platform's really taken off what, what I might get a like? degree in it you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Trolling> <laughs> expert number one <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, what's your advice to to anyone listening that's like still kind of this is the first time they're really experiencing that criticism and that judgment because everyone's looking yeah. at them for how they're going to behave next? 
I think that all you can do at times like this is, is think about what it is that you're doing and what it's bringing and what it's providing and how it feels to you. You can't speculate on Sandra who thinks that it might be wrong for you to be posting your chocolates out to people. You have to just do what you know works because we have to, the thing that I think that's important to stress is that these guidelines that were set out for everyone have been made so vague for a reason. And that's kind of what I was touching on in the beginning is that there are people that are just outright flouting the, 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 the rules that have been set out. You know, the people that you see when they go to parks and they're having barbecues and picnics and it's like, that's the reason why often these these rules sound quite harsh. But basically, they came out and said, if you can continue to work safely, respecting social distancing and um, do so responsibly, then do. Mm. And that was what I took. I was like, right, I can put measures in place and I can protect people and respect people and be responsible and still keep my business moving. And that's that's the that's kind of the best advice that I can give because I obviously I get opinions on the on me shopping online and buying things in the sense of being able to create more content. People have taken the fact that they said you should only be shopping for essentials, which they mean in food shops, as something online, and that's not the case at all. Most delivery p- people are still working, and I've, we've spoken to all of our delivery drivers; they are still working, and in fact they're almost doing more because people yeah. are shopping online and um, wanting things to lift their spirits or provide distraction, toys for their kids, whatever. And we put systems in place so that when a delivery driver comes, they can leave the box in a safe place. They don't have to have contact with us. And we do the same in terms of the parcel. And so I think that it's all about knowing what you're capable of doing in order to protect people, but also what feels right for you as a business owner. Like if you're being reckless, and you're being irresponsible, then absolutely. Um, I think that anyone really knows when they're doing that, but you have to keep going where you can keep going. And it's amazing seeing how many businesses have adapted. Like uh, even just our local pub has completely adapted and taken everything so I'm so jealous you have them on your doorstep because I want to go to that. It looks so amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's wonderful because they are honestly like our favorite place to go. And if they were to go under, we would be devastated. So to see them adapt and, and do what they're doing in such a hard time, but do it so responsibly, because I've been to some bigger places that aren't taking it as serious as they are. And so, yeah, I think that as, if you can adapt and you can be responsible, then absolutely keep going because um, you're not going to please anyone. Just in any normal life, you're not going to please everyone. And um, you shouldn't be trying to either. So don't, don't, like, don't let that cloud your vision of what you're doing, basically to that I feel like you need like one of them and um, did I change my background <laughs> what was I gonna say I, I love how um everyone always blames Sandra like it's always Sandra <laughs> and I'm like what's um is it my therapist says that account um that always takes a mick and, and it's always like guard Sandra and I'm like yeah. <laughs> and obviously you're gearing up for um launching your own brand so have you kind of thought about given that there we don't have an endpoint for this we don't know how it's going to play out I'm presuming I could be wrong here but if you were going to launch a brand pre-coronavirus there would have been some kind of launch around it that would you know all of that kind of 
jazz hands stuff around yeah getting out there so what um how how are you kind of planning for that so um I think with the launch for me I've been working on this for like two years and there's always been something that comes up and ruins the plan and so I don't know whether I knew something was going to happen or what but um we we obviously cancelled all of the launch shoot and everything that we kind of had planned for it and all of my stock currently sits down the road and I'm just kind of aware that it's there and, and sad but I can't do anything with it at the moment but we're adapting and I think that that's all you can do at this time and if there's a way to maybe lower your expectations like yes did I want to make a huge sort of song and dance about this thing that I've been working on or like of course I did but I know that that's not possible now but I hope that a my product speaks for itself I mean that's what you want really isn't it you don't want to have to rely on the, the, the fanfare you just want to be able to release something actually it's just really good product so yeah so I hope that it speaks for itself and that I'm able to so what I had planned was that there would be this thing this booklet inside of the product where I'm looking all bougie in this photo shoot like and saying that this is what you're gonna look like <laughs> I'm gonna look bougie in it um but that's not possible and you know what it doesn't matter that's just a vanity thing. I don't need it. And I can do it when we launch another product. What I want is that people get the product and know how to use it. So instead, I sat down, I drew up a design for a little information card in it that was basically like, this is what you do with this. And I hope you love it. And then a little note from me. And at the moment, we're hoping to have those printed. And so it's not the economic time that you would launch a brand. But I think that my audience are still really kind of hungry for this mm. to be launched. So I'm going to, it's probably going to be sort of ready-ish around May, end of May time and playing it by ear. If it works, then hopefully we can we can do something around then. I don't know if I've just told you a spoiler then, by the way. Carrie might tell me off. I don't think I have. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> we just, yeah, I, can, I can be like, I've dropped a major spoiler in this yeah. uh, podcast. I'll just get like a really shitty text later being like, be deleted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like, it's not how I picture it. It's not how I planned it. But I have confidence in what we've done and what we've created. So I'm just going to see how it goes and hope for the best. And that's, I guess that's all I can do. Absolutely. And I think there's so much to be said for stripping things back and just kind of taking it back to just word of mouth and what's, and yeah, like you said, what actually is good. And I think it goes a long way. Um, very quickly, because I'm, I'm conscious of time, but you obviously have said right at the start that you are in many ways, it's like opened up this kind of creative streak and you're like going back to your roots and all of that kind of thing. Um, I think it, you tweeted something along the lines of it's made you realize that all of the some of the press trips and stuff it is it's all just extra it's like nice to have but it's not essential so like what are you learning from all of this yeah I think that this is something that I felt for a long time and I think it's not the done thing to say this but I always think of myself on the other side and I always put myself myself in my um audience's shoes and I'm like when taking a product that I've always used, for example, like my by Terry CC serum, that's become the product that it is through people loving it just for, for it and it being a good product. And 
I think that sometimes the fanfare and the fanciness and the um, extravagance can be quite alienating for consumers. And I definitely get it. I get, I get it. And I get why brands do it because it creates this fanfare of mentions of their product that they need to then put into a, like a pack and, and show that they're superiors. But I just, I wonder whether that is actually, it's actually better to send the product out to people and see who talks about it nowadays like because I'm creating content in my bed in my dressing room or in my beauty room and it feels like the old version of blogging and that's just stripped back no fanciness and I can honestly say that I haven't had this level of engagement since my wedding like it's unreal and just I think that there, 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 maybe it's just my audience, but I think that this is definitely something that I have to consider and I've learned. And I, I, I think I knew parts of it, but I didn't have the confidence in myself because everyone else is, is, is shooting these amazingly beautiful things. And I feel like I have to do the same, but actually being creative and just having an outlet in the paired back sense is also powerful. And it's taught me to, to strip it back a lot more. So I do think that, I mean, I've always been one of those people that's quite careful and I don't go on a lot of trips and I don't go from trip to trip to trip for sure. But I would end up sometimes on two or three trips every two months. And not only is it taking me away from creating normal content, but it's also alienating me from my audience because I they, I'm like on this thing that they don't really... Like they just get to watch me do this and that and the other. And I want to sit down and be like, why am I here on this trip? Why, why for this product? Why with this brand? Why? And instead there's probably a little bit too much noise. So I'm, I'm going to be stripping things back a lot and um, focusing more on the quality and the good stuff rather than the fancy stuff. I feel like that's what makes you so good at what you do though, because I, I've never met, like, obviously, you know, your industry, but you know, it's, so well and it's like the dynamics and how people think and stuff you know your audience inside out and it's just so I think not enough of us know our audiences that well do you know what I mean like I feel like you really understand. Uh, definitely in my industry anyway like I, there, I think that a lot of people spend too much time accumulate accumulating numbers rather than getting to know the people yeah. and what they like and who they are and and things like that and I think that is a, 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 a superpower to have you could have 10,000 followers and if you know what they want and you know who you're speaking to that is a power that so few bother to to really look into and bother to learn and speak to them I'm constantly asking questions to them I'm constantly looking at their like behaviors and what content they they respond to what dress they buy what lipstick they like I can see all of that and it's so important to me that analytics side of things but also just speaking to them like they we have these amazing platforms where people comment and send direct messages and that is like keeping your sort of ear to the floor kind of thing that is such a huge thing to have and like I said not many people bother to do that they just think mm, we need you know a hundred thousand people now go, go, go. <laughs> yeah go 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 just make it happen <laughs> buy loads of followers get loads of bots let's do it that way it's like you're just wasting your money. It just look. It's one of those things that's like it looks great, but it's worthless. Yeah, so so true. No, I love that. Um, rounding up then, if if you could offer any 
business owner listening to this influencer I know the influencer industry has had a tough time from this with some articles like kind of questioning whether you know is this going to knock them um etc etc like what would you say to firstly let's go with the influencer anyone listening to this that like looks up to you Mm -hmm. what's your advice for them to kind of keep going through this or make this situation work and then the same for just founders in general um I'd say for, for the influencers I think that this is the time that we've always wanted, this time to just create organic content and test new content series and and structures and ways of working and adaptions and getting organized as well. Like when you're traveling so much, you everything just falls apart around you and just having those moments to get organized, sort your workflow out, really come up with a new strategy, things like that. I mean, obviously there are people that are just really struggling at this time and they need to just take some time out and be on the sofa and, and relax and that that's absolutely fine I'm the type of person that if I stop that's when I'm really going to panic so I, I you know yeah. set myself things to do every day and keep myself occupied and that's really been something that has I feel is standing me in good stead after this mm. But I definitely, I, I, from even just speaking to my audience and the way that, that people are so grateful for the content that we're producing, I think that anyone that's written an article that suggests that maybe it's not, we're going to suffer. I mean, I think that there's going to be businesses that suffer a hell of a lot worse um, than we do because everything online, everything is online and digital and accessible from people's phones whilst they're at home. So I don't think that we're by any means going to be the worst hit. So we don't need any violins or anything we'll, we'll be okay um but it, I think it's more important that small businesses are supported now and um that we worry about those more than anything so yeah and then business owners in general um I think I kind of touched on this though I think that my biggest thing was the adaption thing like don't be afraid to adapt and challenge yourself to a different climate this isn't it doesn't have to be definitive you could find another facet of your business through this difficult time so get your thinking caps on, um, brainstorm, look for inspiration and just, just kind of try, try your best to keep going and, and don't be afraid to adapt. I know people's businesses are so precious to them, but adaption is, is really quite helpful at times like this. Love, love, love that. Okay, very last question. Once we are all allowed out um, and the world kind of starts waking up again, how are you going to reward yourself that you grit your teeth and you're out the other side? Reward myself. I think that the only thing that I would want to do when this is all over is like, well, in fact, I know what I'm going to do. I I think it's very easy to be like, oh, I want to go travel. No, no, no. My husband and I both had our birthdays in this quarantine. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks. 32. (laughs) But yeah, we both had our birthdays and we were planning on having a really big party. Um, And I'm hoping that we'll be out of this by the summer and that we can just have our favorite people, our families in our garden, loads of wine, as long as we haven't drank it in quarantine loads of music and just let loose that is that's my dream so that's what I think I'll do love that thank you so much I really appreciate it (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) I want to go (laughs) sunbathe no I really appreciate it thank you so much I know how busy you are so yeah oh thank you for having me thank you (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the She Can, She Did podcast. It really, really does mean a lot. If you happen to enjoy it, it would mean so much to me if you could please rate and review the series because rumour has it, it helps to boost the podcast in the charts, which allows more female founders and aspiring business owners to find it. For now, though, I really, really hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening once again. And please do look out for 